This is the Gomaluku podcast. I would like to give the floor to Mr. Gazali, who is going to who is the Indigenous Peoples Coordinating Body member of the Pacific Region and also the Executive Secretary to introduce us on the topic which is participation modalities. Thank you, Gazali. You have the floor. Um, thank you so much, uh, Aminatu, and um, welcome everyone also to the third, from my end as well, to the third um, virtual dialogue on um, yeah on the enhanced participation. Um, let me quickly share my screen and hopefully be able to. Duh, duh, duh. All right, and let's go back. All right, so today we're going to, to talk and discuss the participation modalities um, and to give you a little bit of a of rundown to, of a, the brief background. Um, what is the enhanced participation process? Um, it is the right now the only participation category that exists for Indigenous peoples to participate in UN meetings is that of the NGO. And what um, this enhanced participation process is going to do is to develop a new status, uh, which is, will now be based on ECOSOC accreditation requirements and to allow our governments and representative institutions to participate in UN meetings, such as the General Assembly, the Human Rights Council. And so that we can distinguish, be distinguished from representatives of, for example, civil society, national human rights institutions, NGOs, and or local communities. Um, obviously, this, this is important, and um, while the United Nations has made important advances in recognizing our rights, uh, particularly to self-determination, our participation in within the UN is still uh, limited. Um, and that also um, also indicated a ball of confusion, as in uh, during the last session, there was some confusion uh, in terms of like, what is the process um, particularly about. And though we have seen um, from the, the General Assembly process, the U.S. Council process, and now the upcoming workshop, there's been some difference in wording in, that's been used to pinpoint uh, who are the beneficiaries of, the, of this process, or sorry, the status that we're working towards. For example, this Secretary General uh, in this report, it, it, he re, uh, referred to Indigenous Peoples Representatives um, at the Human Rights Council, as well as the General Assembly, and that was referring to, they referred to Indigenous Peoples Representatives and Institutions. And however, at the upcoming workshop that will be in November, there is a specific mentioning of the participation of Indigenous Peoples. As we all know, the devil is in the details um, when it comes to the wording and, and when it comes to negotiations within the UN. Um, so it is very important to take a step back and to also to, to highlight where this uh, process derives from. And it is therefore also very important to note that the, um, the ALTA outcome document, um, that was a, a, the ultimate uh, process of the uh, preparations of Indigenous peoples leading up to the World Conference. And this ALTA outcome document has a, a high level of legitimacy with over 500 people from all over the world, Indigenous peoples from all over the world participating and coming to this consensus document. Theme two, paragraph 10 was very clear and 
saying that pursuant to indigenous people's right to self-determination um, that within the UN system, enabling the direct participation of indigenous peoples, governments, governments, parliaments, representative institutions, which could include um, traditional councils, authorities, parliaments, congresses, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very important to note that even though the wording um, for this process is uh, outlines indigenous peoples, representatives and institutions, it is very important to keep in mind what this particular process is built um, is built around. It is built around enhancing the participation of indigenous peoples, representatives, or institutions. And that is also why the, um, uh, and you could see that is that in the lead up to the, to the expert workshop that is now, that is going to happen in November, um, that um, yeah, the wording is now being shifted to, to, to ensuring that the scope and the, the direction of this workshop is focused on enhanced participation of indigenous peoples, representative institutions and governments. Hence why it says participation of indigenous peoples and not indigenous people representatives. Um, for example, in paragraph 15 of the, um, the annual resolution of 2019 of the Human Rights Council. So in all, all in all, it's important to note that the particip what this enhanced participation process is, is for is participation of indigenous governments at the UN General Assembly. And so that it trickles down into the work of the UN. Um, and obviously we're talking right now at the Human Rights Council, but I will get into that later on. But so, so that you know that in terms of ambition, in terms of aspiration of indigenous peoples, uh, this particular process is to keep, for, so you can keep it in mind that we're looking for participation of indigenous peoples, representative institutions and governments or governments at the UN General Assembly or in, in the UN in general. So what are we preparing for? So this particular um, um, virtual dialogue is, is a part of a, of a uh, four dialogue series uh, we had two already um, earlier, um, earlier this month. And, but it's all geared towards building your capacities and understanding for the workshop that will be held in Geneva from number 21st until 24th, um, where we will talk about venues for participation, which we talked about last Friday, modalities of participation, which we, we will be talking about today. And next, uh, this Friday, we'll be talking about selection criteria and selection mechanism. Um, these topics are not like made out of thin air. Uh, we just, uh, uh, we, we, um, they are derived, they have derived from the, the um, report of the Secretary General and the, um, the, the enhanced participation process at the General Assembly level. So these four topics it will um, um, uh, have have an, um, are being discussed at the general assembly level, so as well as at the human rights council level. And this workshop that is is going to be happen in in November uh, well, is organized by the Offside Commissioner and the UN Voluntary Fund, and the Indigenous Coordinating Body um, has been assisting them in to making sure that what will go into the workshop. And also, what will come out of the workshop uh, reflects the um, uh, the the views of indigenous peoples when it comes to the nice participation process. So, like I said, this is the dialogue rhythm that we've been using. Uh, this second virtual dialogue, 
uh, was last um, last Friday, um, and today we'll have talk about participation modalities. The link in the in the in the comments, you will find this uh, the summary, um, all the necessary documents, but also the summary reports as well as the videos of the, the, of the presentations that have been um, um, uh, recorded from the from the dialogues. And of course, the submission deadline is very important to keep in mind, October 31st. When it comes to the participation modalities, so what are the key issues that have been brought forward in the past and probably will also make, uh, make an entrance or appearance uh, when it comes to the participation modalities at the Human Rights Council? So um, before we start into going to key issues, like what are the major pain points and challenges that indigenous peoples face? So for example, indigenous people cannot address agenda items at meetings they, they deem relevant and not uh, meetings that are deemed relevant by the UN. Uh, still, we have to register as an NGO. Um, if you're a president of the Sami parliament in Finland, Sweden, or Norway, you have to, will have to go through an NGO and cannot participate in your own capacity as a president of, of uh, a indigenous uh, governing body. Um, obviously, do not enjoy access to meetings of matters that affect us. Um, there's, a, there's only so many meetings that um, indigenous peoples can participate in. And there's only, there's only fewer meetings that indigenous peoples representative institutions can uh, participate in. And, and, and there, whilst there are, there's a whole host of meetings that indigenous peoples want to participate in that affect them. Intervening in consultations on draft decisions and resolutions. Uh, for example, there's, there's um, indigenous peoples are uh, um, in welcomed um, when it comes to the, the um, consultations of the Human Rights Council annual resolution on indigenous peoples and human rights. However, that is, um, uh, yeah, through the, the uh, generosity of the co-sponsors, uh, the, the core group. Um, but that is not part of the rules of procedures. So that is a problem, a major point point as well. Proposing agenda items. Um, There's so many agenda items that we want to talk about, um, but we cannot. And submitting documents and communications related to the work. Um, so for now, it is only the ability to um, submit complaint procedures to the special procedures, treaty, treaty bodies, or providing submissions um, in the various uh, UN meetings. However, these documents, communications are just, it's much broader than that. So um, in terms of what we actually want, um, there was a um, survey that, uh, of questionnaire that the, the Secretary General has um, 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 communicated in 2015. And these are what one of the, the recommendations that Indian peoples made. Um, obviously, this is not exhaustive. This is, this is also not to preempt or prejudge your views, but just to give an idea of what Indian peoples and the representative institutions want. So the first, so the first five are actually related to the pain points that I just now described. So the right to inscribe to a list of speakers and the right to make interventions um, in consultations and resolutions, the right to propose agenda items and to submit documents, and of course, adequate seating arrangements for indigenous peoples. So there were and also, uh, some other views were also that, and it, this also derives from the, um, 
the General Assembly process where Indigenous peoples and as well as member states um, provided their views on participation modalities. And the vast majority said, well, we want to have the same rights as the vast majority of current holders of service status within the General Assembly. We want to be able to co-facilitate consultations and negotiate and negotiations on issues uh, specifically focused on Indigenous peoples issues like the World Conference that was held as well as the, the current NS participation process. And, and consultation with groups of representatives of Indigenous peoples, independent participation in relevant UN mechanisms and processes, and also to utilize existing mechanisms and developing methods to enhance Indigenous peoples participation at the UN. Like um, many said uh, previously as well, and, and throughout the, 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 the dialogues that have been held um, on NS participation, it's been, been said that at the very minimum, Indigenous peoples should have status, should be a participation status, should be comparable to non-government to non organizations in, in consultative status with the ECOSOC. And again, submitting written statements, uh, oral statements and meetings that um, that, that they, they deem relevant that they want to participate in. Um, and also uh, having priority over non-governmental organizations um, with respect to seating, order of speaking, um, and, um, and the length of their oral statements as well. And also ad hoc mechanisms for participation in specific bodies, noting that the UN has established procedures to enable civil society to contribute to the work of the UN, and that there is a mechanism for accreditation of non-governmental organizations. So this goes into the, the selection mechanism um, that, um, that will be discussed um, um, uh, this Friday. And then drawing from positive practices, for example, the NS participation of national human rights institutions in sessions of the Human Rights Council. And also noting that the, when it comes to NS participation, it should not be limited on regional basis. So for example, there was, a, um, there was a, um, a suggestion made that when it comes to NS participation, it should be like one representative or, or uh, of, of a region to speak on behalf of the region. So for example, the Pacific region would have one representative. And, and it has been made clear by, by, by several indigenous peoples that that is not the, the, um, yeah, the objective of NS participation, nor is that in line with the Declaration of Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And to make it in line with the um, Alta outcome document, that participation should be similar to that of the most permanent observers in the General Assembly. So what are we actually, what is, uh, what is our task here? What are we trying to do? For, um, to put you into the right mindset is to assess the current participation modalities um, that Indigenous peoples, um, well, I won't call it enjoy, but have to use within the human rights, um, within, the, within the UN framework. So what are the modalities in which we are already participating in at the expert mechanism, uh, permit forum? And are these modalities, can they be applied within the, with, at the Human Rights Council? Is that a possibility? And would this also include the right to speak at specific times, make written submissions, and also adequate seating arrangements? And if, if need be, like what, if, um, if this is not sufficient, like what else needs to be done? Um, yeah, to, to, uh, to, uh, 
to enable in the participation of indigenous peoples. Um, as are the current practice modalities in the Human Rights Council, is that, is that sufficient? So that's a, a little bit of mindset. So to get you all going, so let me talk, go into the quickly into the recommendation and the kind of questions. So what are we preparing for? Again, we're preparing for the for the for the expert workshop that's going to be held in November. Four topics that you're invited to to uh, to comment on, and uh, and this event is organized by the Office of High Commissioner. It's not organized by the Human Rights Council. It's organized by the High Commissioner on Office of High Commissioner on Human Rights. You're invited to submit ideas on the four topics that I've mentioned before. And, um, and when it comes to, uh, to your ideas to the four topics, it is to put it very bluntly and frank, um, it is better to have ideas on the four topics rather than to give a history lesson on participation of indigenous peoples. Because you, you only have 2,500 words at your disposal. And you can only provide your, your contributions in English, French, or Spanish and put it into a word format. It is very important for if you have any views on any of the four topics, it doesn't have to be all four of them, but if you have views of any of the four topics, that you provide them into writing, uh, submission to the expert workshop. Because the outcome of this expert workshop will be a summary report, uh, which will also include recommendations. And this summary report will mostly rely on the submissions that have been reinforced on the floor during the expert workshop. So if you are planning on going to the expert workshop, please submit your views in writing um, before the deadline. If you cannot make it to the workshop, again, please submit your views in writing um, before the deadline. And the deadline is October 31st um, uh, th this year. And so this whole series of, of, of uh, virtual dialogues is to give you the right tools and put you into the right mindset and a little bit of an idea of um, what, you, what you can, yeah, uh, what your ideas can, can form, a, uh, uh, can become in terms of the, the four topics. Um, in terms of recommendations, obviously, it is very important that a robust negotiation process is being established when it comes to the NS participation process. So you may wish to support a negotiation process that includes uh, um, a, 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 um, a decision in September next year to start consultations on the substance, so the four topics, but more into detail of an NS participation and that uh, the consultation will be open in, an, in an open and inclusive manner and taken into account of indigenous peoples and, and regional meetings that, we, that may occur. And that a decision will be made uh, um, on an NS participation at the Human Rights Council in September 2024. That is a, uh, that is a recommendation you may, you may wish to support. Now, in terms of today, what is it something that you need to build your head around uh, what are you, are you thinking about is what are current gaps and challenges in terms of the existing procedures and practices? Um, what measures should be taken to overcome those gaps and challenges and at what level? And what kind of arrangements can be foreseen to ensure effective and meaningful participation of indigenous peoples, representatives and institutions? So these are the guided questions um, uh, that can be used for, for today. Um, 
but definitely those are the kind of questions that um, uh, you can uh, reflect on for your, for your submissions um, on for the uh, expert workshop. And that's it for me. And thank you so much. My friends, I hope you enjoyed this. Please consider to subscribe, to comment, and to share this video on your socials.